Welcome to BioChats, a podcast by Appalachian Technology. My name is Ken Lung, and with this podcast, we aim to familiarize you with not only Appalachian's contributions to efforts in scientific discovery, but also to highlight the direction of ongoing research and help scientists determine how to best leverage their skills to improve global human health and quality of life. Join me today in welcoming Rosa Zhu, PhD. How are you doing, Rosa? I'm good. Hi, everyone. My name is Rosa, and I'm the technical support scientist at Apiclono, specifically for polyclonal antibody development, as well as mouse monoclonal antibody development. It's my pleasure to join King for today's podcast. You actually live in Chicago. I used to live in Chicago because I went to graduate school in Chicago at the University of Chicago on the South Side, and it was a lot of fun for me. Then taught in high school science for about five years before I moved back to California and pursued a career in biotech industry. What did you do for graduate school? Like, how, how did you end up deciding, I like science and I want to get a PhD? First of all, my parents, they work in the science field. So my dad, he was a professor of chemistry in China, and then my mom teaches biology in middle school. So I grew up with such atmosphere that two, I call them scientists at home. Um, so they influenced me a lot or directing me into the science. And I believe that was when I was in kindergarten that everyone or the teacher will ask kids that, oh, what you want to become in the future? And from three-year-old, my answer would always be, I want to become a scientist. Um, so for a very long time, like in my head, the being a scientist or pursuing the PhD degree and ended up uh, working in science field will be the only way for me to go. And so that's how I kind of grew up in China and learning biological sciences as my major when I was in college in China. And then after graduation, I came to the States to pursue my PhD degree in physiology at University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I mean, at that time, I didn't know which specific area I want to dig into. So thanks to the PhD program offered at UIUC, they allow us to do three lab rotations for the first semester. So I was mm-hmm. rotating in different labs, one at biochemistry department. And then my second rotation was at a neuroscience lab where the professor just started his career at the school. So he was assistant professor. So he taught me how to do experiment from the beginning. So I truly gained a lot of hands-on experience through that lab rotation. So that's why eventually I chose to in that lab. And then the third lab rotation was in microbiology lab. Yeah, it's very similar to what a lot of graduate programs do. Yeah. They want you to basically gel with the yeah. person that you're going to be working with for the next however many years it's going mm-hmm. to take you. So that's totally like normal. I, I too did the same thing. Uh, I, I was at Duke for a little bit, and then I decided I wasn't quite ready, but I did do three rotations, and that was fun. And then at the University of Chicago, I actually, I think, did 
four rotations and mm-hmm. it was like more more like two and then two half rotations because the first half I was like mm-hmm. I really do not like Drosophila they they are terrible <laughs> and then the second lab I finished out the rest of my semester with that lab so that okay. that was a lot of fun it's great that you were able to hang out in the states and I guess that makes sense because you're mm-hmm. you're now in Chicago and mm-hmm. you get to work remotely with a lot of our customers so yeah. Yeah, maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, Abclonal's custom antibody services, which we are basically very famous for in addition mm-hmm. to our catalog antibodies. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I joined Abclonal like two years ago. And at that time, since I come from a background with neuroscience, meaning I have a lot of experience of how to use the antibody in different assays. It was my kind of first time knowing that, okay, there is a process that we can produce the antibody. So to me, it was very fascinating to see that actually the custom or the antibody can be customized made. Because when I was in graduate school, the antibodies are all purchased by my advisor. And those are all catalog antibodies. And I never thought about or I never even heard about, oh, the, there are custom antibodies. So when I first joined Abiclonal, I learned that, okay, actually we can generate polyclonal antibody, monoclonal antibody from scratch, meaning start from antigen design to immunization and to the antibody purification. Or for monoclonal antibody, it will be like screening out those uh, positive clones and eventually getting for uh, mouse mono would be like hybridoma cell lines and also purified antibody. Like when I was in PhD program, I didn't even pay too much attention to whether an antibody is monoclonal or polyclonal or whether it's from mouse or from rabbit, because as an end user, you just need to know the antibody, how to dilute it in certain assays. And then when I couldn't see the expected results for my experiment, I wouldn't think about that, okay, there might be something wrong with the antibody. I would keep troubleshooting my assays uh, instead. So now after working at Abicono, seeing the antibody from the other side, meaning how to produce the antibody, I kind of have a well-rounded picture about how the antibody is generated and how that can affect the downstream application. So at Abicono, when we de- develop the custom antibodies, the most important thing is that we analyze the target first and then use certain software and our past experience to pick the region that is most immunogenic and also can retain the native structure of the target. In that case, when we immunize the animals with that well-designed antigen, we will more likely to get antibodies that can recognize the endogenous target inside the samples that client will use uh, or will apply the final antibody to. So to me, seeing the whole process where the antibody is come from to the end, how the antibody is used by our end user and uh, seeing some positive results from my customers, it feels very accomplished and I'm very proud of our service that we can help our clients to reach their research goal by providing such important reagent. So when when you produce a polyclonal antibody, obviously you're bleeding the rabbit uh, mm-hmm. until 
unfortunately it dies so there there's some batch effects with that but uh with a monoclonal so you do the mouse hyperdoma uh like Mm -hmm. that that is something that can be perpetuated but Mm -hmm. let's go back to the antigen part because i'm getting Mm -hmm. very interested in that based based on what you said because there Mm -hmm. is a whole team that Mm -hmm. is going to design the antigen such that Mm -hmm. like you said it's immunogenic but when Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about this like a lot of our customers use them in western blood and mm-hmm. in Western blot, you denature the protein, you're running mm-hmm. it on an SASP gel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then these antibodies can also be used in, say, mm-hmm. an immunohistochemistry experiment or mm-hmm. a fluorescence experiment. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at like a spread out protein mm-hmm. versus a 3D native protein. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. Like, how do you account for that to make sure that yeah. it works both in a denatured and a mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. Uh, native state? That's a very good question. Uh, we got those questions from clients a lot. So when we first start talking about clients' target, we will let clients know that they need to provide us the information of what final application they are looking for. Because as you mentioned, for Western blood is denatured, what we call the linear epitope of the target that being presented on the uh, membrane. And then when it comes to IHC or the um, ICC, those are, we call, what I call it, like half denatured because you need to fix the sample, either the cells or the tissue. So some of the protein's property will change throughout the fixation and some of the epitope might not be completely linear, but they still retain some conformational structure there. So I call that halfway denatured. And then when it comes to flow cytometry, those antibody needs to recognize more native um, conformation of the protein or of the target protein. And that kind of uh, epitope we call conformational epitope. So there are differences between linear epitopes versus conformational epitopes. And sometimes you might not be able to develop just one antibody that can be used both assays. So in that case, towards one target, our strategies would be based on your application. Let's say you want to do Western blood, then we develop an antibody that have higher chance to recognize the linear epitopes. And then on the other hand, if you also want to detect the target protein in a flow cytometry assays, then we will need to design a different antigen to the same target and develop the antibody that way. So there might be two antibodies needed for two different assays, but most of the time the client looks for Western blood and IHC. Those are more compatible, I would say. Developing one antibody that targeting a linear epitope would meet the requirement. And when it comes to clients who are looking for multiple applications and those applications require very different epitopes, we might need to do multiple designs or maybe do like parallel immunization with different antigen or different epitopes, and then client can use them on different assays. In terms of the polyclonal, because you are essentially like immunizing a rabbit every time to generate that polyclonal. So we at AppClonal are starting to roll out something called Polymab, in which Mm -hmm. we have 
recombinant monoclonal antibodies in a cocktail that will recognize non-overlapping epitopes and act like a polyclonal. Mm -hmm. Is there still an advantage to using a traditional polyclonal where, you know, you have batch to batch inconsistency Mm. sometimes? Because even though the rabbits, I assume, are a congenic strain, they're like the same type of rabbit. They're inbred to heck. (laughs) So they're they're, they're essentially like genetically identical rabbits, but still their Mm -hmm. immune systems are going to react differently and you're going to have a different batch each time. So mm-hmm. if the customer wants a new antibody later on, you're going to have to inject a new rabbit because the old one's dead. Yes. <laughs> so yes. uh, how, how do you account for that? How do you yes. maybe convince a customer that maybe polyclonal is not the best mm-hmm. for you if mm-hmm. you want, you know, mm-hmm. consistency? Or you say, hey, there are still advantages to mm-hmm. polyclonals. Let's use this. Um, that's another very good question, because as we all know that for polyclonal development, there is limited amount of antiserum we can collect from one rabbit and the antibody purified from one rabbit will be different, could be very different from the second one. So there are definitely batch-to-batch difference when using new animal for immunization. However, I still think there is need for the traditional polyclonal antibody development because first, it's always cost-effective. Like developing polyclonal antibody would cost much less than the monoclonal. And sometimes, based on my experience, I see people coming to us asking for polyclonal development. It's usually when there's no available catalog antibody in the market. This could be due to the client's target is very niche or they are starting studying the protein in a very not very common species. In this case, there's no way that client can purchase the antibody through a catalog collection. And in this case, maybe client doesn't have enough budget to invest into the monoclonal antibody. And then by doing polyclonal antibody, you can kind of evaluate your project by doing some pilot testing of detection of the target, let's say on Western blood or on the IP assays. So in those cases, clients just want to get a fast turnaround time of the antibody production and also spending not that much of the money yet because they are still doing some preliminary assays on their end. This is more towards the clients from academia. And we do have many clients that are studying some very interesting species, um, but that those are not very common seen in the catalog collection. Because for catalog antibody collection, they are more for mouse target or human target, but definitely there are more than those proteins out there in the world. And we do have uh, clients studying um, our different type of species, our different type of uh, proteins. So I think the polyclonal antibody still in need for a very long time. Yeah, that's great that uh, there is still a utility and a lot of people do take advantage of service. I know that AppClonal claims no intellectual property. This Mm -hmm. is basically Mm -hmm. the client's idea. They want to study a target. All we're doing is providing the antibody. But Mm -hmm. I also note that there are some instances where a particular catalog antibody actually came Mm -hmm. from a client's project. How receptive Mm -hmm. are our clients in allowing this to happen so that we basically take their antibody and we Mm -hmm. can sell it 
I know that this is possible if the client agrees to make a custom developed antibody of their own projects to be available to the public. I've heard clients uh, inquire about the possibility because some of the cases were, okay, there are catalog uh, antibodies right now, but those are not very effective or it's not working very well in the in client's assays. And client wants to use their own money to invest into the custom antibody. And once they think the antibody works well, they want to have their colleagues to use them as well. So that's I think that's for a best interest of the entire field, not only for our company, but also for researchers who really need those antibodies in their assays. So we are more than happy to talk to the client or discuss with the client how they would like to pivot the antibody in the end. Of course, at the end of the standard custom antibody development project, we will give the IP to the clients. At AB Clono side, we don't retain any IP. But if after that point, if client would like to make the antibody available to more people, then we are more than happy to help the client to go through that process. And to us, I think it's also a good sign that we are capable of developing antibodies on our end, and we are seeing uh, positive feedbacks from clients that, okay, the antibodies we develop is actually really helping researchers in their own field. Yeah, because we do see a lot of publications on Mm -hmm. some of the more popular antibodies and even on some of the more obscure antibodies. You can Mm -hmm. actually see it on appleclono.com. When you search for a target, you will Mm -hmm. see a lot of publications. And Mm -hmm. we'd like to see a lot more as well. So folks Mm -hmm. should Mm -hmm. definitely contact us and give us Mm -hmm. reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really cool that you leave it up to the mind of the customer. And I imagine Mm -hmm. this is for all the branches of custom antibodies. You work Mm -hmm. incredibly closely with the the client to make sure Mm -hmm. that you're doing what they want, because Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of customized, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course. And also a fun fact, like uh, when I was applying for jobs or when I was interviewing with uh, Epiclono, I just realized that I actually used one or two of the catalog antibodies from Epiclono when I was in PhD program. So I even found the publication that I had that has Epiclono's antibody information in the material section. So I think that's why I was hired. I'm really thankful to the company that they gave me a chance to show my appreciation and my efforts to help more researchers in science field that our company continues to provide such important reagents to our clients. And let's go ahead and pivot to the mouse monoclonal antibody mm-hmm. production line. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. we can potentially do it with the new SMAB platform, but mm-hmm. uh, traditionally we use a hybridoma technology. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't recall if hybridoma has actually got the Nobel Prize, but it's mm-hmm. been an incredibly uh, useful technology for like four decades or more mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. maybe you can tell us a little bit about how the Apoclonal Hyperdoma pipeline works. So for this Hyperdoma technology, I believe that for the Nobel Prize, it was maybe 1975, 40 or 50, almost 50 years. It's widely used 
by researchers when they need a monoclonal antibody. So at Epiclonal, our pipeline of hyperdoma development um, is that we prepare the antigen, either a peptide or protein, depending on how the target, uh, after analyzing the target, we'll come up with an antigen design. And then we inject the mouse uh, for no, four or five times. And then once we get a good tighter results, we'll pick the best performing mouse for the fusion. So the splenocytes will be fused with the myeloma cells so that we can get around 1,000 fusion clones. And then after two weeks of culturing, we'll test the supernatant and see if there are positive fusion clones that is reacting to the antigen we used. Based on the ELISA report, we can choose up to 40 fusion a supernatant or fusion clones to send to the client for testing, or if client wants to incorporate more assays, we can also do the assays on behalf of the clients at our production team. Basically, at the end of the fusion, we'll be able to choose 10 clones to enter subcloning. So once we get to subcloning phase, each of the fusion clone will be expanded to the 96 well plate by limiting dilution method. And then after two or three rounds of subcloning, eventually we will be able to get the true monoclonal clones at the end. And usually we deliver up to 10 monoclonal clones to the client. Usually we deliver 100 microgram of purified antibody from that clone to client for testing. And based on their selection, we can choose one clone for the hyperdoma cell line preparation, as well as one milligram antibody production from that selected clone. So this is included in our standard package. But of course, if clients have more clone to choose, we can definitely do that as well. It will become with additional cost for extra clones that clients selected. So basically for each clone that client selects, we will provide one MIG antibody production of that selected clone plus hyperdoma cell lines. So these will be delivered to the client at the end of the project. And in addition to that, we also have the service that we are able to sequence the hyperdomas, where nowadays it's more popular because for hyperdoma cell lines, they are very stable, I would say. However, it's there's still chance that after a certain passage, you might lose the, your positive clone. Or if the client is not capable of culturing hyperdomas in lab, there's chances that you might lose that positive clone, so, which we don't want to see that since we spent 10 or 12 months to develop the antibody or develop the hyperdomas and you lose it within like one month. So we don't want to see that. That's why we have this service called hyperdoma sequencing, where we can get the antibody sequence of the hyperdoma. And in that case, we were able to, we are also able to gene or doing the gene synthesis of the antibody sequence and express the antibody recombinantly. So in that case, once we have the sequence of the antibody, you can express it in mammalian cell cell system to get recombinant antibody produced at any time when you would like to, not worrying about losing the positive clones, not worrying about the cells just died, and then you have the information of the antibody permanently. 
because a lot of people do use mouse. So the mouse myeloma cell line yeah. is, is pretty standard. Do you guys have like rabbits or goat or donkey myeloma cell lines? Do those even exist? Oh. Because I imagine oh. that customers might want species that aren't mouse. And at that point, you either have to use our other monoclonal uh, pipeline or you have to find that kind of myeloma, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a very good question. I'm not very sure if there are gold or other species myeloma cell lines available. Um, But at Epiclonal, we only have mouse myeloma cell lines available. I, I think you mentioned like Sometimes clients might want to have the constant region of the antibody being other species. So in that case, what we can do with our mouse hepatoma pipeline would be we still do it in a conventional way to fuse the splenocytes with mouse myeloma cell lines. And then at the end, when we get the hepatoma cells, we will do the hepatoma sequencing and then we can do antibody engineering. Like when we express the antibody, we will use the variable region of the mouse antibody and then combine it with the constant region from other species that client is interested in. And then we express the antibody that way. So in the end, we will have the antibody backbone from whatever species the client is interested in. Yeah, so you'll still have the specificity, just uh, you you give them the right species that they actually wanted yeah, uh, yeah. indirectly, which is actually really cool. Like I yeah. know about our engineering service because yeah. Daniel <laughs> told me yes. a little bit about it. Yes. But yeah, yes. that's super cool. Like once you have the antibody sequence, you can manipulate or play it around with any combination you want to make. Like we call that chimeric antibody that you use the one region of the antibody from mouse to combine with, let's say, the human constant region. And then in this case, the antibody expressed in the mammalian cell system would be human combined with mouse. And then you can do analysis or detection using anti-human secondary antibody that way. With the traditional hybridomas, I know I used to do this in undergrad mm. lab well, <laughs> many moons ago. We actually made our own hyperdomas uh, mm-hmm. in an immunology practical lab. And there was like PEG and other mm-hmm. materials involved. Mm-hmm. Everything was toxic. Is there a way to mitigate that in the uh, customer's hyperdomas so that they can um, use it for transfection mm-hmm. and stuff uh, afterwards? Mm-hmm. From my end, I think the PEG was used for the fusion. Like uh, when we get the splenocytes from desired mouse, when we fuse it with the myeloma cells, PEG is a chemical reagent that we use to increase the permeabilization of the the cell membrane so the cells can fuse. However, in the end of our project, uh, once we deliver the hyperdoma cells, they are in the frozen status cells are kept in liquid nitrogen at our um, production team and it will be shipped by dry ice to the client. And I don't think there are any toxic uh, reagents in the cell at that point. So the PEG was used to develop the uh, hyperdomas, but the client won't get exposed to the PEG. But speaking of the fusion, our company is working on 
transforming the traditional PEG fusion to more advanced electrical fusion method. Currently, we are still testing some experiment conditions to optimize the workflow, but that's our trend. Like uh, we want to use the electrical fusion, which is more efficient and it can help the cell grow better after the fusion. So that's something that we want to incorporate into our pipeline to shorten the turnaround time, but also increase the positive clone ratio after the fusion. It sounds like there's a lot of options that the customer can mm-hmm. choose uh, mm-hmm. with both a standard and a modified package mm-hmm. so that they, mm-hmm. they're super happy with yeah. their... Yeah. Uh, I've seen like when I've been setting up blogs, I have yeah. a little <laughs> section called Abclonal Action because yeah. literally you can see our antibody products both custom and catalog in publications yeah. within yeah. the past few years. And in fact, within the past few months, multiple antibodies from our catalog are being used to mm-hmm. set up publications in all kinds of journals, including the top end ones. Mm-hmm. So obviously we are doing a very good job in that they are able to generate publication quality research. They are able to use the data to prove their hypotheses or at least mm-hmm. like confirm you, you can't yeah. ever prove anything. You could just, yeah. just prove a hypothesis. But there's so much uh, that Applonal can offer both in our catalog and in terms of custom service that literally you can think of any biological target and we can probably make an antibody to it. So mm-hmm. it's been uh, really wonderful being able to learn about our services with you. Is there anything else you would like to tell our customers about our uh, product? Well, I think one thing I want to add is that for custom service, it's not about how fancy your platform is or how great it is. Well, of course, that's important. But to me, custom projects, the most important thing is that offering clients options, let them to choose the way that they want to proceed the project with our scientific insights. So at ABClono, we do have different options at any stage of the projects that the client can choose whichever they want. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for hanging mm-hmm. out with me, Rosa. I'm going mm-hmm. to let you go so that you can mm-hmm. keep working mm-hmm. with our awesome mm-hmm. clients. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been talking to Dr. Rosa Zhu who is our technical scientist with the Apollonal Custom Antibody Services. And you can always contact us to find out more and to talk to lovely and talented scientists like Rosa. So thanks again, Rosa. Thank you. And we hope you join us again next time when we will explore another exciting topic about bioscience research and careers. BioChat is a production of Apollonal Technology, hosted and edited by myself, Ken Lund. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media. You can find our various socials in the show notes link to Dr. Beaker's page on appalona.com. Or you can also find our vast catalog of biological reagents and services. If you wish to contact the podcast directly for an interview opportunity or to inquire about Appalona's quality products and services, please send a message to service at appalona.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on the next episode.